It was crazy because you should have seen my face the moment I realized that was a girl from Lemonade Mouth. I was like, oh my gosh, the one that was like also definitely gay in Lemonade Mouth? Yeah, it was her and it just literally blew my mind. Hi everyone, it's Maddie and welcome to my new podcast, Closet Talk. This has been a long time coming and I'm so excited to finally have this space to talk about everything that I've been hiding in my closet for years. Over the first six episodes of my show, I like to call them the first six chapters, I'm going to tell the story of how I found my identity, embraced my queerness, and became the person I am today in spite of some pretty significant setbacks growing up. I've never really opened up about my life in such a long form way online, so this really is the first time I'm talking talking about everything from learning what the word gay is, my coming out story and being outed, secret relationships, dealing with anxiety and mental health struggles in high school, questioning my identity at a private Catholic institution, and all the way up to where I am today. I want these episodes to feel like a safe space for everyone in the queer community to feel seen and heard in their journeys with coming out and finding their true identity. I hope having these conversations helps some people out there feel seen, heard, and loved. Today, we are going all the way back to little Maddie in elementary school. I'm going to talk about my very first crush, trying to be boy crazy and picking my crushes like all of my friends, and read some of your stories from your first queer experiences. Before we jump into elementary school Maddie, we're going to start each episode with an iconic moment in queer history. Each episode, we're going to add a moment to the hall of fame that is queer history. It could be a piece of pop culture, a trend, a movie, or a show, anything that became unforgettable in the gay community as soon as it came out. So today's queer moment in history is the Hailey Kyoko Girls Like Girls music video. And I don't remember how old I was when it came out because I don't think I saw it for a few years after it came out because I had to like sneak onto my sister's old Kindle and watch it in my bathroom. It felt like I was watching something I was not supposed to watch, but it was so exciting. I think that was the first ever thing I saw on YouTube that was gay, like for girls. During all of like the YouTube artists and creators coming out and like Troy Sivan and making the I Am Gay videos, those were a little bit geared towards like gay men. I never really saw like a woman come out. And I don't even think it was about the coming out. It was about the fact that there was like a romantic encounter with two girls that ended in them slightly being together. And like even at the end of the video when she was all beat up, I mean, it was kind of hot, not gonna lie. I was like, wow, <laughs> the scars or something like that. I, there was like this moment that she was like smiling to herself and I just related so hard as she's like biking home, kissed a girl maybe for the first time and it was successful, like it was reciprocated. It was that moment for me. It wasn't even the kiss. It was the afterwards where you realize like it clicks for somebody and it clicked for me. And I probably watched that video. If it was like a Spotify wrapped thing, like at the end of the year where it's like, you've listened to this many hours of music. I wish it could have wrapped my year up and been like, you watched that video a certain minutes in time. And it would have been like 20,000 because I watched that video. So I could probably, like lay it out scene by scene but I think it was important because it wasn't a big deal it was with two actors that I grew or actresses that I grew up watching and it was with this storyline that you could very easily follow that like tension between two girls where you're looking at each other and obviously nobody asked the question like I walk into a room and people are like a gay person but like back then when I looked a certain way and I was trying to present myself a certain way you have that moment with a girl where you're looking at each other and you're like I don't know if this is more than what it actually is or we're just like besties and this isn't really happening. 
you could feel that tension throughout the whole video, like the eye contact and like the slight moments of physical contact. And then just being upset when men came into the room and like interrupted the moment was so real. Like they had so many moments where they were like just staring at each other intently. And I think like her brother or her boyfriend walked into the room and it was just like, you ruined it, to be honest. But I want to know where you were during that time, because I think they're especially for like, you know, 20 year olds, mid 20s that video was so pivotal in like the queer experience because that's the only thing I had to reference as in it being okay. And it just kind of was thrown out into the world. It was like, oh, it's on YouTube, so it's fine. Like YouTube is where everything goes. And so that's where it was. And I could access it whenever I wanted. And all the comments were like, this is so beautiful. And it was like the first space I really looked at and felt safe and like related to it on like a spiritual human level, like an emotional connection with like just a production that I'd never had before. I also had no idea who Haley Kiyoko was at the time because she wasn't in the video. She wasn't in the video at all. And so I just mostly thought of it as like a, it wasn't really like a music video to me. It was like an episode to me. And I wanted so many more chapters, but I watched it like the song is lovely. Love the song. But like <laughs> it was like more than that for me. It was like, it was literal art to me because I was just that was what I wanted and that's who I was and that's how I felt and it was just everything in my life kind of was like encapsulated into that moment that I realized I watched it and was like so taken aback and this was before I even realized like I was a gay person like I was just like I relate to this and I don't know why but two girls kissing that feels like something I like like and I didn't even relate it to any boxes or any phrases or any words it was simply the experience of watching it made me like so warm and fuzzy inside. This belongs in the Hall of Fame because it's such a universal experience. Like there isn't a single person I've met who also is a woman who likes women, like, you know, AFAB people that I've talked to about the Haley Kiyoko music video. It's such a universal experience where like, that's what you had at the time on YouTube. Like that is what you had for yourself. And, you know, there are certain, there's always gonna be certain parts of your identity that you can find online and queer media now but back then it wasn't as saturated it wasn't as universal and it wasn't like you could access it wherever you want if i type in gay music video onto youtube now there are going to be like fifty thousand responses or if i type in lesbian music video or like lesbian music queer music there are going to be hundreds of thousands of options for me to choose from and enjoy but back then that's all you had like it felt like that was the one thing that started it all in terms of like queerness. And it was crazy because you should have seen my face the moment I realized that was a girl from Lemonade Mouth. I was like, oh my gosh, the one that was like also definitely gay in Lemonade Mouth. Yeah, it was her. And it just literally blew my mind. Yeah. And Stella or something like that in Wizards of Waverly Place where the director later on was trying to hint at like a bi relationship between Selena Gomez and Haley Kiyoko. Disney shut it down or something. And they said that they weren't allowed to do that. We are going to be adding a new moment in queer history to the Hall of Fame every single episode. And that was it for episode one, the Girls Like Girls Haley Kiyoko music video. But now we are going to be talking about me, which is my favorite thing to talk about. So get buckled up. I think we should talk about my first memory, the first like fruity memory, you know what I mean? And it was the Girls Like Girls. No, I'm kidding. But, um, it definitely was, I was eight. That was like the first moment that I had in life with kind of another woman that really 
made me question and think. And obviously the hindsight, there were earlier experiences than that. But there were moments during this particular experience where I began to question. And I don't even mean question things in a queer way, just like in an emotional way. And I was eight years old. I was at extended day. And if you don't know what that is, it's just like an after school program you go to if your parents like work a little bit later. And we had this one extended day teacher. Her name was Miss Nicole. And she smelled like lavender and she was taller than me and also 29 and I was eight. So unfortunately that probably would have never worked out. But there was this one moment at recess where we were all running around and she was kind of standing there and I did this weird thing. I don't know why I did it. I don't think it was flirting. I think I just wanted physical contact with this human being, which was probably like against her job for the record. But she was standing there talking to my friends and I like crawl in between her legs and not in like a weird way. I was just like holding on to her ankles to the point where she couldn't move. And everyone started to look at me weird. And I was like, I'm hinged between this woman's legs, aren't I? And everyone was like looking at me. And I was like, I feel safe here. <laughs> and my friends were kind of staring at me. And I look up at her and she goes, do you ever stop trying to make contact with me? And I literally like retreated into my soul and was like, no, I don't. I always want to be touching you because I would always ask for a hug, which is something that I didn't do with other people. Like I really hated physical contact. And then I kind of went home that day and really like reflected on my life decisions and realized that she looked like my first queer like crush, which was Silver Mist from Tinkerbell. And she's the water fairy, in case you didn't know. I love her, everything about her. And I would watch her as a kid and be like, I want Silver Mist to gently teach me how to make little dewdrops out of water. But I realized she looked like this person and then kind of stopped thinking about it because there was a, that like mental block where you really aren't at an emotional or intelligence point in your life where you're able to reflect on what your feelings mean. You just know that you're having them. And so I just kind of disregarded that. And then I went back to extend a day and started to really analyze the encounters I would have with people and crushes and realized I didn't like any of my crushes. And that's not normal. That's like what a crush is. And at such a young age, it feels like that's what you talk about. Like you don't go to school, you don't talk about home problems or family problems or sibling problems. You go to school and you talk about silly, goofy things because you don't know how to talk about anything else. And hanging around the kind of people that I did, which was just girls, I could never figure out how to be friends with men. I had a lot of girlfriends. They would go sit in a circle at extended day when we were supposed to be doing homework and they'd like talk about boys. And I would always like read or do my homework because I was like, I would rather be doing anything else. And again, this isn't something that I really analyzed until much later on in life. But there was one point in time after the experience that I had with Miss Nicole and like her calling me out for the physical contact where I was like, you know what? Why do I do that? And then I freaked out about it. And then I was like, I need to like men. Like I really need to get in tune with my emotions and pick a crush. And so I did. And so they had their little circle corner time one day. And I was like, today's the day I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk about a boy. And I already picked one out in my head and I was really strategic about it for the record. I thought to myself, okay, this is the best friend of the most popular boy at school. That way I don't like the most popular one and they probably won't ask me too many questions. And so I walk up to the group and I had never really tried before, but I walk up to them and I go, what are you talking about? As if I didn't know, already know the answer. And they go, boys. And I go, oh my gosh, like, can I talk about boys too? And they said straight up to my face, they were like, Maddie, you don't know how to talk about boys. Go back to doing your homework. You don't know how. 
And that experience for me was probably the most soul shattering moment, not because I wasn't included, but because they were right and because they called me out on it. This is when I was eight years old and I went back to my desk and I think I cried a little bit, which was crazy because I was not an emotional child. Like I rarely cried. If I ever cried, it was because I was in pain. And so I was sitting there and I was doing my homework and I was reflecting on everything they had just said. And I was like, why can't I talk about this? And so I would go home and like, train myself to talk about this it felt like the guy olympics and i would think about what factors in men these girls liked and i just could not get on board in fact that's what kind of started to get me thinking about what factors in men that i liked seeing in myself and that's the kind of segue that i had into the gender journey was like pinpointing all these features in guys that i wanted to see reflected out of myself and so i started to realize oh they like the boys with like the blonde hair and i didn't have blonde hair but they like the boys with like the buzz cuts and so then i was like what would i look like with short hair and i put all of my hair up into my brother's baseball cap i stole it sorry nolan and i looked at myself in the mirror and for a very long time before you know, gender was even a social construct, I feel like at that age, I would look at myself in the mirror and I would pretend to be a boy. And that's not something I really started to unpack until very recently, but I did that all throughout pretty much elementary and middle school. And those were like the foundational changes in me that really made me like retreat into myself and not understand or unpack any emotions because I was going throughout life just picking and choosing and not feeling. And so when girls would ask me what guys I'd like, I'd already have one in mind that I did not talk to. It was super strategic. And I would just say that one and then no other factual information about it. And I think as time went on, that feeling of not really understanding what feelings were just became more and more isolating and then I retreated into myself and by the time I got into middle school where people were starting to like hold hands and ask each other out obviously these are ages where you know you have your first kiss at the water fountain and then the whole school knows about it by lunch and I wasn't having any of those experiences and I also had zero men in my life that I knew how to be around platonically and romantically also i'm assuming i just threw that option out of the window because i really didn't want to but i had no guy friends i only hung out with girls and i had no idea how to interact with men and then when i got into middle school my mom was my teacher segue into the next episode no i'm kidding here is the story of my first picked crush you know how i said it was really calculated yeah it was calculated with the brain of an eight-year-old so it was not calculated at all and I don't know, we're going to name drop here. His name was Scott. Um, I have a gay friend now. His, one of my best friends, his name is Scott. It is not you, sorry. Um, but yeah, I picked this boy and I was waiting for somebody to ask me a question about it. And we were at a sleepover. And mind you, this sleepover was going horribly. It was because my mom kind of let me out of her house and I was able to be set free in the world. And it was my first ever sleepover. And it was with my two, it was actually with like, five girls but they were twins so I called my two best friends growing up we went over to their house and my mom handed me ten dollars before I left and said here's money for food so what did I do I bought candy with the whole ten dollars and back in like 2008 I bought like 10 different assortments of candy bars and ate all of them because I wasn't allowed around sugar they were the kind of people that would like dump out all your candy on Halloween and be like pick three pieces and 
So I was just never allowed around any sort of like caffeine, sugar, none of it. And so I ate all of it and I ended up giving it to all my friends too. We like bought it at our local grocery store and then we like hid it from the mom. And after she went downstairs, we were like, let's eat. And then two people ended up throwing up Skittles and I ended up like spilling nail polish everywhere. So this like sleepover was already going really horribly for me. And I remember sitting there like trying to dab up this nail polish remover out of the ground. And one of the twins at this point was the one that I wasn't the closest like you know it always like went back and forth which one I was closest to but it was the one that I wasn't really closest with but she was the one that was most determined to get this nail polish remover out of the carpet she goes Maddie who do you like and I remember like looking at her with probably the most terrified look an eight-year-old can express on their face and I was like oh um Scott and she goes really and I was like sure and he she goes me too and I was like you can have him it's okay it's not gonna hurt my feelings I promise and I went on this like three minute tirade about how it really wasn't that deep and she goes oh well I was gonna say the same thing to you like you can have him and then at this point we just start arguing about who can have the guy and later on I think she figured out things that I figured out about myself as well but we just sat there like dabbing up this nail polish remover and all the other girls like walk into this room and Two of them are the ones that I went to extend a day with that was like, Maddie doesn't know how to talk about boys. And so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna talk about this boy that she said I could have that I really don't want that I also said that she could have. Yeah, so they walk into the room and I think they were also eating the rest of the candy. And so we're all in this like sugar rush high and we're all like sitting, like we congregated around this nail polish remover that was like staining the carpet as we spoke. And I was like, guys, I'm talking about boys. I remember just like blurting it out. And everyone just looked at me and they were like, okay, like continue on. But that was my game plan. Just like saying that I was talking about it. And they were like, okay, Maddie, who do you like? And I said his name. And apparently everybody else had the same strategy that I had because they all said Scott. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I'm glad I picked that one because at that point I was like, he is for everyone. Everyone else can have him besides me. And then I realized that I should have picked the most popular one because apparently he was the one most out of reach or whatever. And we're all sitting around this nail polish remover, taking turns, talking about our favorite thing about this boy. And do you want to know what I said? I said, I like that he runs fast because it felt like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid books. It was actually because of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid's books. I read the first few chapters and it was like, whoever ran the fastest at the school, like Bridge to Terabithia, was the one that everybody had the crush on. And so I was like, this is a perfect trait because it's coming from a completely fictional cartoon novel to base factual real life information off of. And so I say, because he runs fast. And I remember I like ran cross country too. So they were like, Maddie, that makes so much sense for you. Like you should run together. And I was like, we should definitely run our half miles together. I did not want to run half miles with this boy. He smelled bad too. Like he wasn't really like very charming. Anyway, he was also eight. So who wait, which eight year old boy is? But yeah, and we had to go around. And the more that we talked about him, the more I realized I didn't like him at all. Even like platonically. My friend said that like he tripped and we didn't have the word ick back then, but it kept going and the more that I went in the circle the more we started to talk about how we didn't like him and so I was like what are we doing right now like why is this something that we like took one one boy and started overanalyzing 
and then deconstructing the pure foundations of this boy where if he were in the room i think at eight years old somebody had that conversation about me i would have disintegrated into the floor having somebody tell me what they like about me and then slowly turning it to, into a conversation about what they don't like about me at all yeah no i probably wouldn't have survived past like 24 hours but that was my first story of picking a boy and it did not feel good inside and i never wanted to have that conversation again and so from that point on I mentally picked crushes, but I never talked about them any again. I, I always like was like, oh my gosh, like it's a secret, guys. Nobody ask me, please. Like it's a secret. <sighs> yeah. Sorry, that was really long-winded. But that's the point of this entire podcast. You're welcome. So <laughs> after that conversation, like the round table nail polish discussion about this boy, you know, I went home and I like stopped really thinking like about men at all, I would just kind of pick one and then I stopped kind of analyzing the parts about them that I liked because it felt like that mental block, you know, that struggle. But I also had no idea that gay was an option. And I feel like if I would have known that back then, it would have made a lot more sense to me and I would have had a lot more to like, quote unquote, be worried about because it's not something you should be worried about. It's a very lovely thing, gay people. But back then, I grew up in a very conservative area and a very Catholic household. I don't want to say very Catholic, but we grew up Catholic. We grew up going to church and I'll be talking about all of that next episode. Um, but I grew up in this conservative area, a Catholic household where, you know, these socially traditional at the time, male and female, woman and man roles were kind of like slowly fed to me as a child and so I never really considered any other options it felt like human beings men and women that's what you grew up you married a man and you moved on about your life there weren't very many questions about it and I remember being 10 this was like right before I went into middle school I was flipping through the channels on the tv with my mom and I don't think it was like cable it definitely wasn't Disney but it kind of came up on screen it was like two guys they were sitting on the bed and they like looked at each other and they grabbed each other's faces and like leaned in to kiss each other. And before they could do that, my mom freaked out, turned the channel, was like, we don't need to be watching TV right now, actually. And so I was like, and I was sitting there stunned, like no words were coming out of my mouth. I was like, mom, like, what was that? But I couldn't even say it because I could tell that it made her uncomfortable. I didn't want to ask her any other questions, but she turned it off and she went to her room. And so I was kind of stuck with this image of like, and she took the remote for the record. Yeah, I would have turned the channel back on, but she already had that like locked and loaded. So anyway, she took the remote into her room and I was just sitting there having this existential crisis over what I had just seen. And so I kind of figured men could like men, but that was it. Like that wasn't two girls kissing on screen. And my mind wasn't big enough at that point to connect everything and think, oh my gosh, if guys can kiss guys, girls can kiss girls. And this was right before I went into middle school. And so it was automatically negatively connotated. It was automatically turned into this thing that was you need to turn the TV off, we need to not talk about it, and you need to not think about it. And I don't know why, I don't think that was ever like explored, like I never really asked my mom questions at that time. We've talked about it since. But having that immediate reaction and leaving, I believe so strongly in nature versus nurture right so much of who you are growing up is because of the environment that you were raised in and then the nature part comes in after the nurture part where you start to question and i was not at the age where i could start to question that was automatically the thing that was just pivoted into my mind was just no 
I couldn't really ever pick up on like their mannerisms either. It wasn't long enough of a clip for me to like really analyze both men, just that they were guys. And so I couldn't really like put together any features of these two guys that I could see in anybody else and like really pinpoint in anybody else that really would like make sense as like two gay people. So yeah, that was like my first ever experience witnessing a gay moment. And I will forever remember that. Like that was one of those little like glowy balls in my core memories, like socket in my head. And I think I've learned a lot from that moment, like as it stuck with me throughout time, because that negative reaction will always be in my heart as like my first reaction as like experiencing something queer with a family member. And so that's when I realized what gay was. There was no word for it yet in my head. There was no label for it, just that it was a thing. And then, you know, I later learned on and we unpacked the word and, you know, you meet people that explain certain things to you at a certain age. And I realized like in middle school that boys could like boys and it was called gay. But at that time, it was just this weird void of like an uncomfortable situation. All right. So those were my first queer experiences and moments in my own timeline. But I want to hear about yours because I think we can all relate to each other a little bit growing up as queer people and then realizing you have a lot of similar experiences. And so I picked a few of your little cute queer stories to read and explore and kind of analyze because I feel like a lot of it happened the same way for a lot of us. Okay, the question is, oh yeah, I put a little poll on my Instagram story. I'll probably be doing a lot more if you want to head there. But the question was, how do you know when you have a crush on someone or if it's just admiration? See, this is something I still struggle with a lot, especially because of where I live now in Los Angeles. There are so many incredible queer people that you can like automatically connect to and click with and have those bonds with that you don't have with anybody else. But I think the main difference between like attraction and admiration has a lot to do with physicality. And I sit there too, so much of my day, looking at pictures of shirtless men, wondering why don't I look like that? And I think there's like that mental separation that you can figure out between, I don't want to look like, I don't want to touch that. I just want to look at it and be like that. And I think that's like my main differentiation between like, how much time do I want to spend with this person? And what do I feel when I'm around them? There are a lot of points in your life where you're gonna have to listen to your head or your heart. And I think when it comes to differentiating between a crush or just somebody that you admire a lot, I think you have to listen to your heart and like really look inside and like, I don't know, for me at least, it's like my comfort level with a person. This is personal experience, but I don't really like people touching me. Like hugs have to be quick and then I'm out. But like when I let people hug me for a little too long, I start to think, what was that? Like I start to like, you know, really, I think about it. I go in my room and I panic about it later. And then, you know, when I, I feel like I admire so many people in my life, it's really easy to like differentiate that for me. Like my roommate, am I attracted to that man? In no way, shape or form. But do I admire him with every inch of my being? Whenever we talk, I'm like, wow, he has something in him that I just adore and admire. Would I hold his hand and take him on dates? Probably not. Like there has to be that like distinction that I feel like has a lot to do with fine tuning and like exploring your emotions. That's me anyway. Go have crushes everyone, it's really fun. Somebody submitted this little story right before we started filming and I'm just gonna read it actually. To set the scene, I was 13 and already very confused because I read Heartstopper like 15 times in a month, valid. And I go to this summer camp and there's this girl and for some reason I really wanna be her friend. 
After a few days of pining without knowing, I'm like, dang it, I like a girl. But it doesn't end well because near the end of the summer, at this point, we're really good friends. She asks me to take a walk with her. And of course, I'm super happy and say yes. She then proceeds to come out to me as bisexual and tell me that she has feelings for another girl from our camp. And for the rest of the summer, I cried myself to sleep. I've never related to a story more than I did this one. I think there are so many sentences here that are so like key phrases and words that I want to talk about because Heartstopper 50 times in a month, that's a bit of a sign. If you're sitting there watching this with Heartstopper in your hands, look within. Okay, and there's this moment that I think all of us have had where it says, I really want to be her friend. That is the number one thing that I look back on my queer experiences and realize that's what I was feeling. That like magnetic pull to be somebody's friend. You just don't really think about it, but you like my first crush, like real crush in middle school. All I could think to myself was I really wanna be this girl's friend. I wanna be her best friend. I wanna be the one that she tells everything to. I wanna be the one that she doesn't talk about boys to because I don't wanna hear any of that. I wanna like do her nails and like her hair and her makeup and I wanna hold hands. Anyway, I think that's a universal experience of like transitioning between I really wanna be her friend to I wanna be something more, but like you can't really explore those feelings at like a certain age. And then it doesn't end well. I mean, I think that's also very important because early on in queer relationships, it can kind of feel like that's your only option in life. And I think growing up and realizing the kind of isolation you feel because there aren't a lot of people like you, and that was my experience, when you meet somebody who's like you and there's that instant connection and there's that bond, it can be very hard to break because there might not be other options. And so you're looking at this person as in, this is the only one for me because this can be the only one for me. There's physically no other options. And like growing up, I'm sure like a straight person, if it doesn't work out with a boy, there's like 900 others that just exist. They might not be very viable options, but they do exist. And I think as a queer person, I grew up as well. When you meet another queer person, it's like in secret. And a lot of people don't know about it. And then you kind of take forever to talk about it. And then when you finally do talk about it, You've already dug yourself so deep. It feels like there's no other option. I've said that word option so many times, but it's also very valid. All right. She tells me she likes another girl. And for the rest of the summer, I cried myself to sleep. How old are you in this? 13? At 13, I was not this in tune with my emotions. But I'm so glad that you are because crying yourself to sleep, get it out. You know what I mean? I recently, the heartbreak I experienced, the way that I got over it was if you feel like you need to cry, just cry. Don't put anything off. Just feel everything you can whenever you need to. And I'd be like packing up my old apartment at like three in the morning, just like crying at the same time just like trying to get things done while also like sobbing. And then I would go to bed and I would cry myself to sleep and I'd wake up and you know what happened? I felt a little better. So just feel, you know what I mean? Cry, it's okay. Go find another crush, go have crushes, it's fun. I loved every single question and every single answer that I got and every single story that I got. So I'm going to be doing more of these where I talk about your queer experiences in relation to the world and growing up. So please submit more. I love hearing it. Ask me more questions. I love giving answers with zero factual evidence to back my answers up. 
We did it, everyone. I made it to the very end of my first podcast episode. My bladder is full, but also so is my heart. Make sure to come back next week for the next chapter where I talk more about having my mom as my middle school teacher. Unfortunate, I know. Being raised Catholic, how religion influenced my perception of life as a queer person. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review Closet Talk wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe for full video episodes. I will see you next week.